0: Look at the rising rates of suicide, depression, anxiety, the, the the lack of resilience in the face of difficult things. And I believe it starts from the fact that we have gotten so far away from doing difficult things. We've gotten away from rites of passage and we've almost gone to this bubble wrap society where, you know, we don't want to get out in nature. We don't want to do hard things. We, we, we want to stay on a 72 degree comfortable environment with a refrigerator never more than 10 feet away and the ability to constantly entertain and distract my brain with technology we are far more capable than we give ourselves credit for that we can do hard things that we can stand up for others that we can stand up and protect our families and it requires a man to dig deeper than he thinks he has in the tank to be able to find his way to the end and what they learn is they can get there what these men discover is once they understand the notion of service and giving to others there's a power in that that can fuel a man and invigorate him
1: you're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were you live life on your own terms you're self-sufficient you think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum when life knocks you down you get back up because in your gut you know that's what men do you're a badass and a warrior, and on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We've got a very special guest here lined up for you, Eric Sardina. He is um, a man that I've come to know just today, as a matter of fact, but he's doing something very special. He's put together a rites of passage program with a group of men called the Summit, and it's sponsored by Turning Point USA, a fantastic organization dedicated to the proposition of, of spreading freedom far and wide among young people. And I'm excited to talk to him about this. Welcome to Eric,
0: Nikki. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you having me here. Yeah,
1: you bet. So, Eric, um, tell us a little bit about your your story and how you how you got involved in doing the work of men and specifically how you got involved in creating the summit
0: yeah it's a great question i appreciate you asking it so um the story about me and kind of how i came to this is you know i've been a i was a corporate guy for 30 years or so and uh, always a pretty fit healthy guy like doing hard things endurance things and so age ne- never really bothered me you know I go through the decades and and it never really fazed me um and except when i hit 50 when i hit 50 years old i started to kind of say man you know i'd achieved a pretty good level of success and some financial success and um you know raised some kids up and my wife and i you know we our kids had gone off and i started to just look around and say is this what i'm supposed to be doing you know is this what i is this what i've been put on this earth to do you think about the miracle it is of even being born. The, the odds are, they're infinitesimally small, right? I mean, if, if you just do the math on the the odds of you actually being on the Earth, are 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 they don't exist, right? If if it was, if those are the odds of the lottery, you'd never play. And yet, I believe um, that God knew me, right? He, if you if I'm a Christian, and uh, I believe God knew me in my mother's room, right? I'm scripturally uh, based that he knew every hair knows every hair on my head and so he had a plan for me he did, it wasn't just a random act and and i i'm here for a reason and so i started to really dig into why am i here what am i here to do and what are my talents gifts blessings what's god given me um, from a tools standpoint and am i using those things maybe as he designed so i spent a couple of years working with a coach and digging into things and i started to decide that it was time for me to to give back and to serve others and to really to pour into others. And so I left the corporate world and I started a a coaching program where I work with men and helping them sort through their own, um, crossroads moments, those times of those dark nights of the soul, or when they reach that moment and they think, man, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I, and I take them through a, a journey to help them figure that stuff out. Um, so that's part of it. And, uh, and as God will do, right. As I'm out there doing my thing, um, I also do a bit of work on the side as a as a security contractor, and that really stemmed from me wanting to be a protector at my own church, right? So we started to see more and more of these church shootings, people going into churches where they know there's a, a defenseless group sitting there, eyes closed in worship, and in their most comfortable environment, they're in church, they feel safe, and, uh, and some real evil has gone into churches and done harm, and I belong to a large church. And we really did not have a security presence of any kind. And so, uh, having, you know, being a person that's done a lot of training on my own, just for my own enjoyment, my own wanting to be a protector of my family and my community, my friends, I had a certain confidence in my own skill set, and I volunteered to be part of that church safety team that was being stood up. And in doing that, uh, I went through a variety of certifications to get certified to be, uh, you know, qualified to be a, a safety officer. I knew my skills were there. And so I went through, took about a year or so of getting certified. And um, and the group that I was doing that with, they offered me an opportunity to join the group on a, uh, you know, part-time basis, whatever I could afford to do from a time standpoint in providing security for high-level executives, politicians, celebrities, things like that. And, uh, and so that, uh, that, put me on a path to come to know Turning Point USA. And um, and then that led to the summit. Turning Point is the the organization that requested and that is part of and is the sponsor organization for the group or to the event that you mentioned, Nikki, uh, that we call the summit. And so it is a Turning Point faith uh, event, which is a, a component of Turning Point USA.
1: So um, why did the folks at Turning Point USA believe that this was necessary?
0: Yeah, that's a great question as well. So I think there's a recognition that there's a real attack on masculinity in our country and really in the world. Um, if you look at the rising rates of crime or violence and also the rising rates of um, broken families and a lack of strong masculine fathers and men in homes and you can easily make a connection to uh, a fatherless home is a home that's has a much higher probability of having um you know negative consequences of that right either uh, challenge children environment just there's uh, a whole host of bad things that can go along with that and turning point recognized, you know men are really under attack and they you know part of their focus is how do they how do you bring good, strong Christian conservative values back into the home and into our country as it makes the home stronger, makes our country stronger. And they recognized that they really wanted a program focused specifically on men and uh, to, to raise up and bring back this idea of uh, what it means to be a strong brother, a strong, strong father, and a strong man in your, in your home, your among your friends and in your communities.
1: Um well we believe that masculinity is definitely under attack ourselves here at sovereign man and we believe that there is a necessity to help men especially younger men who haven't necessarily had strong masculine role models and don't have a society that uplifts and upholds the tenets of masculinity to um provide uh, rites of passage type programs for young men to help them go from boyhood to manhood. And a, a few episodes back, we had a, a, a young fellow on the show whose father had created a rite of passage for him. You know, in the Jewish faith, they have the Bar Mitzvah, which is a rite of passage from, uh, you know, uh, a boy to a man, a boy who's under, who's 12 years old at 13. He, he's now a man and something that's missing uh in society as a whole so i believe that what you're doing is necessary and correct now the summit you've put on the first event so you actually have had experience in putting on the event what happened
0: yeah we've we've uh, and and you you raise a a really excellent point kind of drawing the connection to history so throughout history if you look at mankind rites of passage have been a common theme across societies and countries you know from from the beginning for thousands of years and yet we've sort of not sort of we've gotten away from rites of passage and we've almost gone to this bubble wrap society where you know, we don't want to get out in nature. We don't want to do hard things. We 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 want to stay in a 72 degree comfortable environment with a refrigerator never more than 10 feet away and the ability to constantly entertain and distract my brain with technology. And uh and we've and then you look at the rising rates of um suicide, depression, anxiety, the 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 lack of resilience in the face of difficult things. And I believe it starts from the fact that we have gotten so far away from doing difficult things and these the idea of you have to transition from a boy to a man for for young men, right? We have to make that right. We have to do those hard things and understand what we're capable of, that we are far more capable than we give ourselves credit for, that we can do hard things, that we can stand up for others, that we can stand up and protect our families. And until you really understand and believe that, it's hard to know it. Um, So, we did our first event, and uh, it was phenomenal. And we did our second event, and it, it was equally—it was different, and it was equally phenomenal. Um, we had the first event; we had uh, 22 men pile off the buses, stepping into the unknown. Which I give every one of those 22 men credit for having the courage, to even to sign up, because part of the summit is is wrapped in mystery, right? We don't share an agenda. We fact. We take the technology away when they get off the bus. We take the watches away. So they don't know the time of day. They don't know they're, they're disconnected from the outside world. There's no schedule. So they don't know when the next meal's coming and if it's coming. And we we put them in difficult conditions and they didn't know what they were stepping into. And so I give them credit for even stepping up to that task. And then it's a, it takes place over a period of days. And we put them through some physical challenge. We make them uncomfortable. That can include things like being tired, being sleep deprived, being cold, being wet, um, having to do physical things, lifting things, moving, running, uh, and and the, desi- the design is to put them in sh- physical strain and then teach. So there's teaching. It's not just a physical beatdown. There is a component that says it has to be hard. A, f- a rite of passage has to be challenging. It has to. You have to question your ability to complete. And it, and it requires a man to dig deeper than he thinks he has in the tank to be able to find his way to the end. And what they learn is they can get there. They can do it. Uh, we had two very different sets of terrain. The first was in the mountains of Montana. And so we went up and over a mountain for many, many miles and many, many feet of elevation. And uh, the second event was in Texas. It's very flat, but we had a river running through our property where we were. And so... The men were wet uh, quite a lot of the time. And as you know, being wet and cold is a great equalizer. You can take a very strong, very hard man and really break him down by making him cold and wet. It's a it's an equalizer. And so while they didn't have a mountain, they had the water. And so it was very challenging as well.
1: (laughs) I think I take the mountain over the river, man. (laughs) Day of the week. (laughs) So you've got 20 and 40 men that went through this. And what was the outcome for each of these men? I mean, not specifically, but overall, what's the outcome? What do they get out of doing something like this?
0: Yeah, to a man, they said it was life-changing, that it was eye-opening, expanding. We had men come back and get involved with their churches, get involved with their community and we know that because they they were excited to tell us that what they had done when they went back they 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 left with a sense of confidence and with a belief that they needed to step up and step into a role of leadership and service to their families, to their spouses, to their significant others, to their children, to their communities. And it was it was unbelievable. I mean, the bag of donuts that rolled off the bus when they arrived was not the same group that walked off the property when they left. It was uh, it was tran- transformative.
1: So when a man does a program like this with you folks, when he does the summit, what what can he expect? Will be some tangible uh, benefits, some tangible outcomes that he can produce for himself in his life.
0: Yeah, it would be the idea of understanding purpose, right? I think as men and as human beings, but certainly as men, we are searching for purpose. Like, what am I here to do? When you see men that have gone through difficulty and uh, while I was not in the military, I didn't serve in that way, um, many of our leadership team have. And they, they talk about that, that, you know, while they were in a combat zone, it was, you know, there were all the negative things that went along with that, but that they had an intense closeness to their brotherhood and they knew that they could count on their brothers when they needed them. And when they came back, there was this, this kind of lost, was this moment where they felt like, what, what what's going on? Like, what, where's my real purpose now that that's over? And there was that gap. And I think a lot of men, whether they've been through military experience or not, are searching and they're in that same gap, they're in that You know, they're wondering, like, what am I doing here? And the men that go through this, our our program, it's really designed to give them a sense of why they're here. Help them to figure that out. It's different for all. We spend, there's a fair amount of time where there are physical evolutions that they go through. Uh, There's a fair amount of time of reflection, prayer, uh, journaling, that we we challenge them with different um, thought prompts to go think about, pray about. And and just listen, right? Listen, and it's not required to be part of our program that you have a, a strong faith in God. We have we have men come through everywhere from I don't know if I believe in God or maybe I went to church as a kid but I haven't been in years to you know I'm I'm very I feel very strong in my faith and everything in between. Um, and so while we are we espouse this understanding, our belief that there is a, a creator, there is a divine. It's not a requirement that the participants believe that at the same time, they, you know, we all serve some, some, we all are exist in the, in the universe in a, in some capacity, right? And so it's designed to help even a non-believer think about why, why am I here, right? What what am I doing here? I don't, uh, there's a reality is I'm going to die at some point. I'm only here for a short time. So what is my, what am I going to do with my time here? Whether I feel like I'm called by a higher power or not, what am I going to do with this time? Am I just here to entertain myself or is there something more? And what what these men discover is once they understand the notion of service and giving to others, there's a power in that that can fuel a man and invigorate him. And uh, I believe a lot when they, when they leave, these men feel that, that sense of purpose. Um, and, and they understand, okay, I know what I'm going to go do. It's not just sit around and play video games. It's not just entertain myself with social media or things that, you know, create pleasure. Pleasure's great. The reality is too much pleasure and you don't understand what's pleasing about it, right? You've got to suffer a bit before you can understand how good it feels to be warm and dry. You got to be hungry to understand how good food tastes. And when you're struggling and you someone stands up for you and helps you and picks you up, you understand the love of another brother and you want to desperately give that back. That's powerful, man. And and people leave with that understanding of man, there's these guys walk in as strangers, they walk out as brothers. There's power in that.
1: Yeah, that's a very powerful sentence. These men walk in as strangers and they walk out as brothers. You know, we created sovereign man because. We think that we live in a time where men and manhood and masculinity are being, being crapped upon by the world, you know, and a lot of men are lost. They're not sure how to go about uh, going through life as a man. They don't even understand what being a man really means because it was once clear to all of society, and now it is not. And we created this because we want a place where men can be where men, manhood, and masculinity are celebrated with energy, enthusiasm, and no holds barred, no apologies. And we want every man to be around men that he can have real conversations with. We want every man to be around men that'll push him out of his comfort zone. And we want every man to be around men that will get him to live life uh, as the most badass warrior version of himself. And if a man's doing that and he's living life as a man and not as a pussy or a wuss or a guy right or a dude <laughs> or a <Right> boy, <laughs> you know, um we don't allow men to call men guys. We use, that's the G word in our world. It's, verbatim if you use the g word you're going to drop down and do 30 push-ups you know if you use any word in referring to a man as, other than man or men you're going to drop down and do 30 push-ups because we want to hold a standard that we're men we take ourselves seriously as men uh you know we take each other seriously we take manhood and masculinity seriously And I like what you're doing with the summit and I'm gratified that you've got someone like um, Charlie Kirk who heads up turning point USA behind something like this, because, you know, he can bring a lot of men to the table to check it out and to want to be a part of it. I think that's fantastic. So good on you, mate.
0: I appreciate it, man. And you're, you're absolutely right. Um, turning point is a fabulous organization charlie's a great leader and we do have access to these men that have really been craving this event i mean charlie puts on they put on fabulous events at turning point usa they've had a young women's summit for a while it's very different than ours um, but we it lacked we lacked the men's summit and now we have the men's summit and uh and it's it's fantastic we've got a waiting list that's growing and so we just encourage young men to go out there and check it out. There's a little information. Uh, we really had this under wraps until the first of the year. We ran our pilots it, at the end of 2022. And now we've, uh, we're have we about to launch our, our next event, which will be our first event of 2023. And that's coming up in February, February 16th. You can go to tpfaith.com forward slash men's. It's tpfaith.com forward slash men's, all the information out there about the summit and be able to sign up. There's a vetting process. So you've got to, it's an application, right? You 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 you've got to apply. We get to understand what what's a motivator. Like why, why do you want to go? Like what do you want to participate for? So there's a process. That's um good, but we're man. taking applications, man. And and um, yeah, dude, it's uh you're absolutely right, my man. You know, the idea of masculinity is uh it's it needs to return. I think, you know, Jordan Peterson says something about and i may mix up the words but he says a uh, you know nice man is not a good man no a good man a good man, good is, man a is a savage.
1: dangerous man who has it under a, voluntary control that's what he says.
0: that's right he, he's a savage right you want you need we need men to be savages with it under control and uh you know i don't know if if you know i've met a lot of men capable of extreme violence and they are some of the nicest most calm and in control men that i've ever met because they yeah. know they're confident that if they had to walk out of a room and if things got weird, they would walk out. So there's no need to be posturing and be a jerk or be aggressive. They're extremely calm. They're capable of extreme violence and and can deploy it when they need to. That's that's the definition of a masculine man who's got it under control and he's using it for good. He's using his abilities, capabilities for good. And his heart is to serve, right? That's what we're trying to build. Servants. We're not trying to build bunch Of lunatics, right? We're trying to build servant <laughs> leaders, right? Yeah. Servant leaders meant to understand their role as being leaders in their home in their communities, uh, and to serve others, right? And we're called to do that by our Lord, we're called to serve, and uh, we believe that in our heart.
1: So, that's the second powerful sentence that you uttered. You know, we're not here to raise a bunch of lunatics, <laughs> right. walk in as friends, <laughs> walk in as strangers, and walk out as friends, and we're not here to raise a bunch of lunatics. Those are both very powerful. Um, Um, So, uh, Eric, uh, I know you've got an event. We're going to put all the details in the show notes. But you're busy, man. You got a lot on the go in your own life. Um, What has made you become passionate about being a part of the Men's Summit?
0: Man, it's... It's a calling, you know, I feel I'm, I just feel so honored that I've been invited to participate and, um, and that I can, you know, share my, my walk with these men, um, my own experiences. We all have struggles that we've gone through as fathers and husbands, and we make each other better by sharing our struggles. And so I feel honored that I'm invited to do that. I've also feel like I've got a skill set around doing hard things, um, and, and demonstrating that. You know, you can be fifty-five year old guy and still get up and over man, a mountain. You know, fifty-five year old man, <laughs> man, right on, dude. Hey, you caught me. I'm at the drop and get thirty, 30 pushups, baby. I'll bang, <laughs> bang them out. I'll do it. Um, but yeah, that that uh, you know, I can pour back and give some back to these got to these men. To these men, right? <laughs> no, I'm gonna give me sixty. I'm gonna sixty. I am to 60 i do not think it's right. So uh, yeah, so it's a it's a privilege to be part of it, and uh, I get excited every time. And even though you know we go through it just like the men do, um, we're not doing quite the amount of PT they're doing, but we do quite a bit of PT. And I so I look forward to it. I love it. I love being out there in nature. It's a great opportunity to get back and to get back to nature and to and to. To see the transformation is humbling. To see these men go through this is humbling and uh, it's an honor.
1: Well, you know, from my point of view, what you're doing with the summit's very important, very powerful. So we'll make sure we put all that information in the show notes for you. Um, Introduce me to the other men who help you put the event on. We'll bring them on the show as well, have them Put their uh, perspective into what you men are trying to do. And um, I believe very strongly that um, you folks ought to get uh, folks like Charlie more involved in, in getting the word out in a big way. So the biggest men's podcast in the world is called um, The Order of Man. The man who hosts it is Ryan Mickler. Ryan he, runs Mickler. The, he runs his own group called The Order of Man. Uh, Ryan's good man. He's he's a millennial. <laughs> he hasn't got it all figured out, <laughs> but he's a good man. He's I think he's around 40 years old. And um you get someone like Charlie on his show, um, he'll be able to put the word out to the, you know, million plus men a week that listen to his program. So I think that would be Smart thing for you men to do. I'd love to have Charlie on my show as well, uh, and um, I, I think that uh, what you are doing, what Turning Point USA is doing in this regard, is fantastic. And of course, what Turning Point USA is doing to help um, educate young people about the glory of freedom and the glory of the United States of America, and why it is the greatest nation in the history of the world is very, very important as well. So from my point of view, kudos to you, Eric Sardinian, for being a man involved in doing the men's work and aligning yourself with a great organization like TPUSA.
0: Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And I 100% agree. They're doing great work. It's so needed. It is. We are in the greatest country in the world. Um, you know, when a hurricanes hit, a country or some storm happens, you know, who rolls up, who rolls up to, to, to serve, to help? Uh, we do, you know, and uh, it's, it's awesome to see our country do great work and it's somehow it's gotten lost. We've somehow become ashamed of that or we've lost track of that. And it's, it's, uh it, it's a shame. And so we need to, sure. we need to change that mindset, right? We have, because we are the greatest country and we, we serve, right. We serve others. There, there's a reason people are fighting to get into this country. And, uh, and, and, uh, we need to remember that, you know, and, and instill that back in our youth that this is a great, great country and to be proud of it. And uh, we had a fight to keep it. You know, we had a fight to keep it because if we don't, we'll lose it.
1: Amen. Amen. And part of that fight is the fight for men and manhood and masculinity. And if you can get, uh, 200 men a month doing this 10 months a year boom you know you got 2400 men doing it and then you, you build it you get other men to do it the vision for this needs to be uh, not just one of these a month but a hundred of these happening simultaneously once a month with 200 men in each that's 2400 agreed and then you got twenty four thousand. People a year, thirty thousand men a year doing this, and even that's a tiny number. But that would do something pretty special. The largest personal development organization in the world is called Landmark Worldwide. It is a, it is a successor of an organization called Est from the seventies, Earhart Seminars Training, and um, they do they at one point used to put a quarter million people a year through their programs, and. To me, if a quarter million young men a year could go through something like the Men's Summit, that would transform the world. That's what transform America. And I say there there needs to be 100 million men that are part of ongoing men's programs, ongoing men's courses that bring out the masculine essence in men. Then we'll transform the world. You know, in the United States... Here's what happened. Every major social movement hit a certain stage before it achieved mainstream acceptance. So, and that that stage was when 2% of the population adopted it. So the civil rights movement in America went from 2%, to get it to 2% it took 100 years. But from 2% to 11% took less than a decade and from 11% to 100% practically took another couple of decades. And that is the vision that needs to be in place to do something like this. So a vision of someone like a Charlie Kirk and a Turning Point USA ought to be, how do we make this go supernova? So we've got a quarter million men a year going through it. And that I is agreed. a great question to ponder, ponder on. And for me... yep. That is something that's doable. You just got to train a bunch of men to do this. You got to set up a a comprehensive uh, structure to train men to lead these things. It'll take some time, but you could train a thousand men to lead these things. If you train a thousand men and they're leading them 10 times a year, boom, it's a couple hundred people, right? A couple hundred thousand people a year will get the program every month.
0: <laughs> you got the vision. You got the vision, And We've been noodling on this because we've got churches asking us, you know, how can we take this to our community? And uh, we can, like you said, with our, with leadership, we can only hit train trainers. If we put this into churches, if we put this into community and let them take it to their people, then that's how we get that scale. Right. So we're, we're, we're working on that now. And how do we, how do we, how do we keep the summit pure from the standpoint of we need it to we need it to be hard, right? It's gotta be hard. And there's something to this idea that it's multi-day. If we did it, try to cram it into a one day event, man, you could do anything you guys work. suck it up for a day. Three day transformational events.
1: Three day transformational events.
0: Great.
1: The Navy SEALs Hell Week is a full week. So
0: (laughs) right. Right, right on, exactly. So it, we got to stay multi-day, and it can't—we can't skinny it down so much. But our our vision is: how do we get this in the hands of schools and churches and get it out there uh, so that we can scale?
1: Well, uh, get get nine, ten of these done. Figure out a way to do more than forty, fifty minute at a time. You got to get it to two hundred because that's what Justin do- did with the men's weekend, and then you you need to bring some people in who go. I've done the program. I want to be trained to lead it. And um, you should take a year to maybe two years to train the men to lead it. So your first group of men will be relatively small, maybe have like 20, 30 men that'll be part of the group that'll lead it. And the attrition of that should probably bring it down to about half the men stick with it. And those men then become hard and you send them out there and you train them to lead it. And then, you know, those men will start leading it and then you'll go, okay, let's use them. And have them train the next group of men to lead it. Boom, boom, boom. Each one teach one. Each one teach ten. Actually, not one. <laughs> uh, yeah. And boom, it'll 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 multiply. It, it, you know, the first couple of years will be relatively slow, but by year four, five, six, you got an organization like TPUSA behind it, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got the ability to get a lot of people uh, to see what it's all about it'll go it'll pop it'll absolutely pop fantastic eric my man thanks for being on the show brother god bless your heart and um you know two conversations in one day pretty amazing and we're speaking later on during the week i love it all right bro be
0: well i know i love it Nikki. i appreciate you man thank you so much for having me god bless catch you on the flip side
1: thank you for listening to the sovereign man podcast If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.